Hello, and welcome back to the From Grief to Greatness podcast. I am Gerard, and I'm here with Christy and John. Hi, I'm Christy. Hi, I'm John. Today, we're going to be talking about being stuck in the grieving process, because uh, you, you can get stuck in grief. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in it, and they don't um, move forward with their lives. Uh, sometimes the cycle can go on for years when the grief is left unattended. And some of the more uh, common reasons uh, why you might get stuck are not doing anything to help yourself, avoiding your feelings, or getting so overwhelmed you can't move forward from it. Check, check, <laughs> and check. I have done all of that. <laughs> to, to just take you to the two big ones, uh, the physical pain situation that I have spoken in detail about that I, I dealt with for uh, eight years or so, and the loss of my parents, which eventually uh, those overlapped with each other and left me with a, a whole lot to deal with. There was the, the terrible uh, physical pain and deep emotional pain. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, I, I think my my system's ability to process, uh, it just turned off as if I were being protected. Uh, you were I, on overload. I was. And of course, this, this didn't actually do me any good. Uh, I, that pain situation, you know, it started in 2005. And it was, it was late, I, I forget what part of 2005, but it was late 2008 by the time I got to my therapist. And I had bought uh, another, my second home in late 2007. So there was so much to be done. Uh, I, you know, all the time, just standing, doing work. There was a real fixer-upper this house. And you know, my uncle had helped out with a lot of stuff. He did a lot of construction. My father was helping. And there was a lot of pressure on me to just do the, the finishing kind of work, to do the in-between stuff. And of course, you know, that's just what happens when you get a, a house that's a real fixer-upper. And I was just constantly working. Uh, I was on my feet all the time, at the nights, weekends. And, you know, of course, my father was just putting a little too much pressure on me about getting things done. I wasn't built like he was. I didn't have to become a man at 14 the way he did when he lost his father. So I just wasn't, I just didn't have that kind of mental setting. So we were just different people, and I just felt so much pressure to get things done, and I was in all this pain, and I just didn't really have much of a life anymore, and I was basically you know, grieving that and feeling all the stress and the depression of it and the anxiety, and I was never processing the feelings. So I finally got to Carol, my therapist, in, in 2008, um, after I had the first breakdown, and it even took some time beyond that, you know, just working through the process and learning how to do this. And I started to get enough at it, at least. Uh, I, was, I never really got to acceptance of, about my pain situation. Uh, I was just drowning in, in all the, 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 the depression and the grief and, and uh, all the, the weird symptoms that were coming along with it, too, like the brain fog and the, inability, and the cognitive uh, malfunctioning. Uh, because I really never slept well. And then, you know, boom, 2012, my parents died. So, of course, the pain situation had not been fixed just yet, and I had all this to take care of at once. And I, I really just think that there 
is when I kind of oddly went to acceptance about my parents' hmm. uh, mm-hmm. passing. Uh, like instantly, you mean? Uh, not not too long after they died. I think it was just I I I just moved on with life, and it was just a weird mm. thing that I never really grieved right you then. And of course, it. a few years down the road is when it really hit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I when it hit me, it was a ton of bricks. It, it, it was just terrible. I mean, it was just excruciating pain, and that's just you know. That just goes to show you if, if you don't work through this stuff the right way, some bad it things doesn't will happen go away. to you eventually. Mm-hmm. It's going to get you. Yeah. So it got me because, like I said, check, check, check on those things. I, I just I did not process anything. I avoided it. And mm-hmm. I, I really was with just the pain situation on its own, totally overwhelmed. Of I didn't course. know what to do other than to wallow and be mad at the world mm-hmm. and to just think that, you know, all kinds of bad stuff just happens to me and it's always going to happen to me. I'm cursed. Um, I'm never going to have a normal life. And what's that doing for you? All of that negativity. It's understandable that you can get to that point, Mm -hmm. but you've got to work past that. And I never really did. And I never, uh, I never did the, you know, the so-called best I could Mm -hmm. to really move through my life Mm -hmm. and and try to at least have, I, because I, I, like I was, I, we were talking about this before the podcast, uh, through all of that and through dealing with the, the pressure of getting my house in order, I never, I never really had much happiness, although I could be happy and I could smile, I could laugh, I could have a good time. But the main thing was I never had any peace. You know, I never settled with the feelings that were going on with me. Because in my house, we didn't talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, feelings got expressed when it was anger. You know, right, but yeah. we never really talked about our stuff. And that, that just didn't set me up, you know, the right way. Right. Yeah. How could you? It's conditioning. I mean, you're conditioned yeah. to be that way. You I won't was. know any more mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. So, well, with mine, um, it's, it's going to be a little different than yours. Um, it actually, as far as grieving goes with the situation where I lost my dad, um, you know, thank goodness you, you all understand there's no time limit on it because it took me quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I still, it comes and goes as we talked about, like with different holidays and such. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to a place where you know, as we've discussed it, it's not ever going to go away. You won't ever stop missing them, but at least I can, I'm okay now. I can mm-hmm. function, you know, um, I've accepted it and so forth. Um, however, as of late, a situation that I have had to deal with would be the loss of a relationship that is familial And, um, it's actually a, it was a very toxic relationship where unfortunately I was the enabler and I allowed a lot of, um, emotional abuse, physical abuse. The physical abuse was only a little bit, but mostly mental and emotional abuse and financial abuse, to be honest with you, um, happened to me, um, because I, for many years had been in a place where 
I really didn't have the mental energy or strength or capacity to um, be able to stand up for myself. Why? I, I, I don't know. I was living a life that I was unhappy in. Um, I just felt like giving up in general. Mm, yeah. So that honestly, happens. I just didn't feel like fighting. Mm. But then I ended up hurting myself in the long run. Mm. Um, and it took me a, well over maybe a year and a half to two years to realize that I had to sever the relationship. And it hurts, you know, but I don't feel that I deserve to be treated that way. I don't deserve to be, I'm a very, if anyone knows me, I'm probably one of the nicest people you'll meet besides John and Gerard. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm, I I can't even hurt, like, I can't even kill a roach. You can ask Gerard. I I love, love bugs. Like, I think they're cute. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very kind hearted. And unfortunately, that is what opens the door for, you know, for you to be taken advantage of sometimes. And so anyway, um, I finally realized that I actually had to sever the relationship and it really broke my heart, you know. But I think my heart would be broken worse if I allowed it to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I'm still grieving it, as we can see here. Um, I didn't really know I felt this strongly about it, to be honest. But I'm working on it. Um, I guess I haven't been dealing. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, I mean, so many people in a situation like that would. Because I don't want to. I don't want to relive what I've been through. I I have issues where I actually have little bouts with, you know, PTSD from things Mm -hmm. that had happened to me. And and it's scary, like, going outside and and making sure no one's, you know, watching me or following me because Mm -hmm. those kind of things did happen. Yes. And um, so... You know, I'm having to grieve and I, I haven't spoken to this person in about a year and I went ahead and tested the waters maybe a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, the waters are still ice cold. Yeah. And I, I know that now and I can continue on with my life. But what you were talking about, not feeling peaceful, I don't know. The la- I mean, right now I do feel peaceful in my life. However, prior to that, I can't tell you when the last time was I felt peace because I haven't. Um, not for, I don't know if I ever have, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, I'm even trying to reach way back into my childhood. Yeah. I don't know if we know what peace is back then. Yeah. But um, as I did sever the relationship... I have to be honest with you, I have, maybe that, I think that I'm enjoying the peace from not being, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, from not being stuck harassed there. all the time, yeah, right? Yeah, stuck there. Stuck in that situation, correct? I just Which sure I did myself. I have no one yeah. to blame but myself, so I have to do the work. But yeah, exactly. I was stuck in that for a long time, mm-hmm. and it and it really kind of messes with your mindset because it you, it's unpredictable behavior. You don't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I I have to be honest with you. My life, my insides have been peaceful more peaceful than i can even tell you and i haven't felt that way in so many years and i'm thankful for it mm-hmm. and and it's not easy no, grief is not easy imagine. no yeah with that um, situation yeah and or any mm-hmm. you know having to let go of anybody we love is yeah. a very difficult thing and in a way and it's it's not and i'm please forgive me i'm not trying to minimize anything else but it is in itself like a death because you're ending that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I have, re- I have just recently realized that, you know, some, some people are different and, you know, different than I am or whatever the case may be. And, and it's okay if I don't allow them into my peaceful you know, life. Like right. I, I don't need to be disrupted any longer. I've, I've, you know, tolerated and endured that for, you know, at least over two decades, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm ready to let that go. Yeah. Because all I'm doing is yeah. hurting myself. Yeah. Because yeah, you will get further and further stuck. Yes. So, yeah. And it'll be harder to get out of it. Yeah. Because I mean, at first I thought, oh, is this a payback for my sins? Well, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I've I've paid them maybe oh. three or four times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm yeah. Yep. So I think it's time to to stop that stinking thinking and mm-hmm. and move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty much um what I have. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, well thank you, Thanks, Christy. Scott. I know that's yes, not thank easy, you. not an easy thing to share. Thanks. So yes, thank you, ahead. Christy. Go yeah. ahead, John. Well, I have had um two major losses in my life. One was the death of my father and one is the loss that has been due to my, um, physical, um, diseases, mm-hmm. um, that have limited me physically and have caused loss of time that you have also had, Gerard, you understand mm-hmm. loss of time that you've had because of pain causes loss of time, loss of things that you wish you had to do and to do. Um, so the first, um, there was sort of my mother and I dealt with the loss of my father sort of on, you know, both sides of the coin. My mother was the one who had the um, real, you know, um, jarring reaction of the depression, um, of the sadness of the um, and I was the one that was in denial. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the one that had um, I had one big reaction when I first found out. Um, I, I found out through a phone call because I was here in New Jersey and it happened in Georgia when my parents were driving back from Florida. Um, I got the phone call from the chaplain mm-hmm. at the Georgia hospital. Oh. And uh, he told me it was an early Saturday morning. And uh, it was the last thing I was expecting on an early Saturday morning. Marie happened to be there and I just came into the kitchen and we already know there'd been an accident i, I just told oh. her he's gone and i oh. broke out crying we both cried for a long time 
And um, from that point on, that was the only time I could remember crying because at that point on, I was like, I have to take care of my mother. And mm. that was all I was thinking about. I So I really shifted my um, my own grief to taking care of my mother's grief. And my mother's grief was enormous, as, sure. you, you, know, as you would imagine. Yeah. And um, I left no time for myself to grieve. And mm-hmm. as the process was going on and time was passing, it seemed like um, it, it, almost in a way the um, incident was starting to fade and it became normalized. And it was like, well, why think of it now? You know, well, that happened three months ago. Well, that happened six months ago. And now my mother on the one side of the coin is in really still a a state of shock, really real, you know, definitely PTSD. Mm -hmm. And she has having no sort of treatment for it, of course, because she's, you know, in her late 50s and she doesn't believe in that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. She doesn't believe in therapy. Um, I take you know, therapy now for the last five years and it's helped me immensely. My, my mother knows that and she still doesn't believe in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, gosh. She yeah. still is, Aww. you know, just of that, of that generation. You know, right. she's 87 now and just, yeah. just, oh, not, yeah. just does not believe in it at all. It may as well think I'm going to a witch doctor, you know. <laughs> and she's throwing, you know, pebbles at me and sand yeah. at me and running around with a mask on. You're right. killing me. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh so she went through it uh suffered through it herself and you know she had told me that That's she tough. was yes that she was in a fog for 10 years she doesn't oh. remember much at all oh jeez and um she went through the the, the depression through the PTSD through things mm-hmm. like you know other physical things like you know insomnia and mm, um yeah uh that's uh, a big one too. Yeah, in, in, insomnia and just uh, fatigue and uh, all kind of that that mm. you have for that kind of stuff. And I I I stayed in denial, and um, it wasn't until as I've spoken before that I started getting my uh, ther- therapy um, that mm-hmm. um, I came to realize my own pain that I was carrying around all those years and my great therapist carol our therapist Gerard, brought it out of me as i've spoken <laughs> before and um uh, i realized that um the that the pain was there and that i i was mourning in my own way you know inside i was bringing it with me and that i was just uh, just rejecting it that you know I, I knew that my mother was in pain i knew that she was going to visit his 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 gravesite every week on wednesdays mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. you just go why don't you just go with her on a wednesday and i was like no no i'm not going i'm mm-hmm. just i'm just rejecting this i'm not accepting mm-hmm. this i'm staying in denial I'm not even moving on. I'm not moving on to bargaining or to anger or to anything else. I'm yeah. just staying at stage one mm-hmm. for yeah. 30 years. <laughs> you know, so that's where I was stuck. That was mm-hmm. stuck in, I was stuck in that sort of non-grief Aww. for a long time. Yeah. And, and I was stuck there. That was where I was stuck. And my mother mm-hmm. was stuck on the opposite side of the corner. Right. Yeah. Okay, so in mm-hmm. my in my second loss, where I uh, first found out that I had rheumatoid arthritis when I was 32, mm-hmm. and which is very That's unusual, 
It's very unusual. Yeah, it's, it's usually a woman in her 50s is the most common person. A man in his uh, early 30s is really off the charts. It's yeah. really wow. not usual at all. Um, I've always wanted to be special, not in that way. <laughs> you are special. Unique. Oh, thank you yeah. very much, Christy. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but I, uh, so yeah, I had a hard time. Not to this time. degree. Mm-hmm. No, not to that degree. I had a hard time dealing with it, a, a very hard time at first, and didn't even yeah. realize how anxious and depressed and just totally. And I was insomnia. I was fatigued. Mm-hmm. I was. I literally just shaking all the time. I, I was just a, a disaster. And I um, spiraled so much during the, those those years. And I was really, really stuck in, in a very bad place. And before I got finally got into therapy, uh, which I have to thank Gerard for recommending Carol for me mm-hmm. and for really um, saving my life. Yeah, which mm-hmm. you have done twice, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know the whole story behind that, which I won't yeah. get into. Mm-hmm. By recommending me Carol the second time, saving my life, she um, pulled me out of that spiral that mm-hmm. I was stuck in for years, which brought me down. I was um, not um, functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain did not understand what to do i was and mm-hmm. i was uh definitely uh, i was stuck probably in anger mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I would say the most uh for the loss of time uh for the loss of my for my disability for my inability to uh mm-hmm. do what i did before uh you know i i was i felt like i did not believe that my life should be where it was uh, how it was at mm-hmm. my time that this is not the life that I was imagined. Right. I was angry for what I lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that uh, I, I, all the things that I envisioned, all the things that I knew I was going to do in like this 20 years that I had lost, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, that all the things I was going to do that um, I, I just couldn't accept that loss. And I was, um, spiraled out of control i was in denial um i was in denial about the disease that i had and i was in anger over the time i lost because of it mm-hmm. and um i was not really facing the truth of the pain um in the sense that um and why would I, you want to yeah, I, I had this protective shell sort mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. I that I had built, and mm-hmm. um, I I didn't want to. Um, I, right. I just um, was not looking, you know, squarely at my life the way it was, and not confronting things um, the mm-hmm. way it was, and mm-hmm. I just. Um, the way I confronted it was with anger and with tears and with um, withdrawing from the world, withdrawing from my friends, withdrawing from music, withdrawing, mm-hmm. just withdrawing. And um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until um, really there, there are two significant moments when, you know, uh, when our friend Fred 
had asked me to come back into the jazz band because they had the Fender Rhodes piano and they wanted someone to play it. And that oh, really yeah. brought me back into the world. Aww. Yeah. That's so nice. I was back into the jazz band with Gerard like and Fred yeah. and our other friends, Mike and Vinny. And man, can mm-hmm. you play it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know, that was an important moment because mm-hmm. I was really, I was That's really great. withdrawing. Yeah. And I was stuck in my grief and I was going in circles and the circles mm-hmm. were boring down into the earth. Mm. And um, that helped me bring me that helped bring me back out, definitely. And That's great. You look at it as just a uh, you know luck, I suppose. Mm. And but uh, mm. so everyone doesn't always have that sort of luck, right? And I um, I think that in the long run, um, getting unstuck was a difficult thing to do, but in a way it was not impossible because, um, what it, what it took was a lot of resolve and a good therapist. And Mm -hmm. I know I, 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 I'm constantly, um, you know, reinforcing this and even grousing about it, that, um, there's, there's almost nothing that a good therapist can't do to help a person to to help you. Mm-hmm. We know that. And especially, you know, if, if you're willing to, to go along and to put in the time, mm-hmm. a good therapist. And to have help, an open mind. Or, have an yeah. open mind. Have um, um, an open. Willingness. Uh, willingness. Have an open soul. You yes. Know, to, to really open yourself up to them and be Definitely. honest. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not always easy to, to tell no. someone, no. you know, everything about you. Right. Um, but you have to be able to tell them um, your darkest and deepest things. And yeah. that's the only way they can help you. And yeah. if you're willing to do that and you have a great therapist, then there's almost can't overcome or at least place, you know, that, mm-hmm. I, that I like to call it. Because as we've mm-hmm. talked about before, grief doesn't go away, um, mm-hmm. but it, it can be worked out. Yeah, and, you're right. And mm-hmm. my grief has been worked out. Good. Uh, I'm no longer stuck. I'm definitely Good. not stuck, but that's I have wonderful. been stuck twice. Yeah. And I've mm. been unstuck twice. Good. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Definitely a great thing to hear. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just, what you had said a little bit earlier, you know, boy, can I relate to this when you said, uh, you know, that your brain just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, that's at the core of what, you know, so many of my problems have been in my life. Is mm-hmm. I just don't even know what to do. Or, you know, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes, I mean, it still happens now. I don't know what to do, but I've got my therapist to turn to and others mm-hmm. to turn to that, you know, I've had. It can be uh, paralyzing. Yeah, some similar kinds of experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you get paralyzed, turn to somebody who, you know, you know may know something about mm-hmm. this, even aside from a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, when I was stuck in all that physical pain, I didn't know where to go. Like, like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. There are no answers. No one knew what was going on. What happened with me was, you know, of course, you know, uh, uh, different than what happened with John. And uh, I wish, you know, John could say the same as I can say. We found an answer uh, with some supplemental help, you know, that I had this uh, genetic polymorphism, this this, uh, disorder, uh, this malfunctioning. And we found the right kind of supplement to help things in my system work better and the pain uh, went away. So, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, it's like the the problem was over with, but the grief of all that lost time still remained. And, you know, I, I, it's taken some years to really, you know, with Carol, you know, 
un, you know, peeling that onion mm -hmm. and getting, you know, down to the, the, you know, the getting down and dirty and, you know, Gerard, what's, what's really going on inside you? Mm -hmm. What is this, you know, this pain from all this, you know, this loss of time, mm -hmm. you can't get it back. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to, to let go of that. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the most important thing. And the hardest thing that I've had to deal with that Carol's taught me about is letting go. Yes. I really, I found out a lot about myself. Easier I had said a lot than of done. trouble. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the grief lingers, the suffering lingers yeah. when you can't let go mm -hmm. and get to acceptance. Yeah. That's, Man, that's did hard. I have a big problem with that. Even some of the smallest things that I just couldn't let go of. Sometimes I would let things go mm -hmm. and then I would take them back. Yeah. And mm. then I'd have to re-let go. Good point. I mean, it's terrible. Good I'm point. like, what am I doing mm -hmm. with this? Yeah. Yeah. So I I've done that many a time. do that. Because, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, we're, sure. we're just... So many people just aren't wired. We're not conditioned that way because it's just a matter of how we're brought up, mm -hmm. you know. And you know, my parents never human. worked through their feelings, oh, no. and they we didn't. That's what I learned, and mm -hmm. I, I got to either I was having outbursts mm -hmm. and things, and then eventually I got to the total, which I talked about before, the total opposite side of that, where I would just internalize it, mm -hmm. and then whoop de do, would it one day I finally imploded? Of course. And there's there's <laughs> there's a it whole lot fester. coming out when that implosion oh, happens. Oh, yeah. There's a mm -hmm. whole lot to, to deal with there. Mm -hmm. mm. Boy. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very, as you know, for anyone listening, I'm sure you know, it's very easy to get stuck. Mm -hmm. It is. I think that's just, just like it's easy to, you know, to go into negative thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, we create these things uh, sometimes or we, like I said, you know, we, we get brought up a certain way. It's just there in us. And it can be a very difficult cycle to break out of. Especially if you entertain negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not good. Right. And I, I, I do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I have to like consciously yeah. stop, like tell myself stop, stop. Right. And then mm -hmm. think of something different and positive yeah. in place of it. Like I have to do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. I've done that too. John, as you talked about that stuff with Carol about just kind of stopping yourself in the moment. Yes. And yeah. Redirecting. Mm -hmm. Redirecting. Being mindful, yes. which of course staying in the moment. And then mm -hmm. uh, when the, when something comes along, you know, you, you have to let it go. You have to push it aside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to um, look at it, think about it, and then let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, look at it, think about it. Don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. um, like acknowledge it. Right. Acknowledge it, and then uh -huh. let it go. Push it aside. Right. Just okay. let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't do what, yeah. you know, a lot of times we get told through our lives, just don't think about it. Right. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's too simplistic. An don't idea. look at the big elephant in the living room. Right. right. It's like, you know, it's not right. like I don't appreciate anybody that's ever tried to, you know, talk me down <laughs> off the ledge and everything. But, you know, of course, <laughs> right. it's not everybody knows what to say. And sometimes sure. that's really just what comes through. Just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. um, really, really not something that an overthinker <laughs> no right <laughs> <laughs> true you know when these That's things happen when you happen to be an overthinker wow you can't just not think about it much more complicated yeah, yeah it's just, true. it just doesn't happen mm -hmm. and i think uh you know christy what you were talking about with your your situation that that uh you brought up there uh that's that's a much more recent thing Yes. You know, so mm -hmm. this is something that's inside True. you right now you're right, that you're yeah. still processing. And you're right. I haven't. I'm just you're, you're kind beginning of to heal from it. Right. Heal from it. 
very new. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's when you're uh, the. I think the good thing is that you've uh, you've been doing therapy, and you mm-hmm. you know just for all of us too, we've mm-hmm. at least we've got the experience. Mm-hmm. And and also a point to make is that it, it's not like we can't slip. It's not like mm-hmm. we don't. It's not like we mm-hmm. we're, we're perfect at no. this. But we, not we, at all. we at least have something to go to. Correct. We've got our mm-hmm. therapists. We've got our support. And we stay with it. Yes. And stay we, we open about it. Right. Don't avoid the feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, no no more withdrawal. Like, you know, right. John, what you were talking mm-hmm. about. Because I did it too. Me too. I've you done know, it too. It, it's a very, very common thing that we withdraw. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's very easy to just say, you know what, I'm just going to hide here. You know. And, and avoid everything. And avoid everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I, when I was going through all that physical pain and like John can attest to this too, mm-hmm. you know, just, it wasn't even that I, I didn't want to avoid life. Right. I, just, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't right. stand. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't You're want to You were in writhing pain. How could just, you? Right. I, I would be afraid to go to a party because mm-hmm. I think, you know, what if we're just going to be standing, what if they're like oh no chairs gosh. or I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to a, a concert or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, you know, to see some live band somewhere, a local band, because I don't want to stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I couldn't do anything. I mean, yeah. I had to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, back to what John was saying, you know, you just, you miss out on these things in life and we didn't see this coming. Right. It's like, this is not we what I signed up for, but yeah. yeah. We didn't know we were This isn't how it was so supposed years, to be. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, John, you're, Yours hit you at 32. Mine hit me at 37. That's so, so young we were for just both too of you. Young. I yeah. mean, that's you know, mm-hmm. your thing. I mean, I, I, I myself have not been able to, to get over how much you've lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's been it's been tough on on everybody that loves you. And yet you're not bitter. No, you're so kind and hilarious. You're fun, <laughs> you know, and you listen to great music. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> well, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I always told great. myself I would never be bitter, that I would never be <laughs> bitter about great. anything. Good. Because I kind of go with the, 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 the motto to myself that life doesn't owe me anything, that there's right. no such thing as it's yeah. not fair Entitlement, or why yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, I'm not about if, if this either. is the life that I'm, I was meant to have, then I should make the best of Correct. it. Correct. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know. I love that's that. Great. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could say the same, man. I was, I was so bitter. I really yeah. was. And it's not even that I felt like life owed me something. I just felt like, you know, just like anybody. Would why, is this like, happening? why is this happening? I don't deserve this. Right. But you know what? I, I also eventually at least did get to a point where I thought, well, you know, look, I mean, there are people that lose their lives at very young ages. Right. And that's much, much worse. True. So I can still go on from here and make something out of it. But mm-hmm. again, that was something that I started to tell myself, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to do it because I hadn't. I hadn't come across Carol just yet. Right. You didn't have the tools. Yeah, that's it. Just Mm -hmm. had no tools. I just had some words of encouragement and Mm -hmm. I just didn't know where to go from there. It's challenging. Mm, It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, you know, just another part of it. Mm -hmm. Another part of what what we all go through when it comes to a grieving process. Yeah. We can grieve about a a specific thing, you know, a real hard hit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a, a, a long-term thing. Right. You know, something that we've been dealing with for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it's not easy either way. No, you're right. So does anyone have anything else they'd like to add in? No, sir. No, thank no? you. No, I'm you're good. good? I'm good. All right. Well, I'm glad we got to uh, another important uh, podcast. We, we like to try to cover as many, uh, many different angles as we can. 
it, so if, if, if you aren't sure if you are actually uh, stuck in your grief, there are some typical signs to look for. Uh, you could be feeling irritable or obsessed with your, your loved one or your loss. Uh, you, uh, you have an, irri uh, an irrational uh, fear of loss or you uh, may overreact to smaller losses, which is something that I, mm -hmm. I spoke of before. I really, I really got myself caught up in that. Mm -hmm. So watch for all of these and always be patient and, and kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. There's no, no way to simply get over the pain of losing someone you love or, or dealing with any kind of a major loss. The grief will last you for a lifetime, uh, but the pain will ease over time coupled with what you do to take action to reconcile your loss. Slowly, you'll feel that you can finally breathe again, and one day, you will wake up and realize that you feel better and are no longer drowning in your sorrow. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the From Grief to Greatness podcast, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>